1: FOREVER! DOG! Just Between Us hey.
0: Just Between Us hey.
1: yeah. Hello! I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and feeling loose today because it's going to be a wild ride. And I'm Gabby Dunn, I'm a
2: writer, bicon bisexual icon, wink, and this is a talking episode. That's right, we're throwing all the rules out the window, and me, Allison, and Melissa are going to have a little chat-ski today, because you guys asked for it, you guys wanted it, oh man, the clamoring, the emails, the, the billboards outside my house, Gabby, please let you, Allison, and Melissa, do an episode where you guys just chit-chat and don't stick to the format, and I said, you know what, after years, years of you begging, I said, Okay, fine. And here we are. Did anybody ask for this? No, but they're going to.
3: <laughs> they're going to want more. They're going to want more. More, more, more.
2: After you give it to them, then they're going to want more. Hi, I'm Melissa.
3: I'm the producer oh, I'm of this show. sorry.
2: Yeah, let Melissa, <laughs> Melissa, wait, Melissa, let's say someone's listening to this and they don't actually know who you are. And they, because we like talk about you, but they're like, who is that?
3: Tell, tell our listeners, who are you? My name's Melissa Diamond Mons. I'm the producer of the show and many other shows. I also do some directing, some writing, and I have extremely dry eyes.
1: Why? Okay, can I tell you something? Did I tell you about this already, what they did for my dry eye?
3: Yes, you have. Oh, never mind.
2: Wait, I don't know. Wait, okay, I'm
1: sorry. So you guys are just <laughs> having your own conversations. What the, What they do for your eye? They put this thing... In my, Melissa's freaking out. They put this little thing in my tear duct. Is it a
2: plug? Yeah, a little plug. Oh my God, Drew is about to get that. Drew is my, my other best friend. She is about to get that because her tear ducts don't make tears.
1: No, this is not, that's not the problem. They had to put a thing in her eye. Well, I don't know if it's the same thing and I'm really worried that I'm misrepresenting what happened to me.
3: The eye plug community.
1: The iPlug community (laughs) will come for me hard and they'll come for me fast. It's basically like the idea is that they plug up two of your tear ducts so that your tears stay around in your eyes longer and moisturize them more because they're not being drained out as quickly. That's what Drew has. It's wild. Yeah, I really recommend it. I don't know if it's done anything, but, but psychologically, I feel better.
2: What was your problem?
3: Your eyes were dry? Me or Allison? Both of you. My eyes are always dry. I always put in eye drops. I always have them close by.
2: <laughs> wait, so Melissa, what are you gonna do with it?
3: What my eyes? Well, I usually put eye drops in, but I forgot to today, and now I have eye makeup on, and I can't do it. Ugh, <gasps> oh, that sucks. So I'll have to wait. But I feel the corners getting. Hmm. Do you wear contacts? No, I have perfect vision.
1: <laughs> well, La-dee-da! <laughs>
2: I don't like to wear contacts. I don't have any of these problems. My eyes are, I guess, extremely wet. Um, not to brag. Stay juicy. Stay juicy right in my little eyes. I guess I also, I do cry a lot. So that is, you know, part of it. Maybe I'm just keeping them, keeping them moist with my own juicy. mercurial moods, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I, no, I don't want to ever put, I I tried contacts. One, if you go back and listen to an episode where I talked about getting stuck at a weird Halloween party, part of the problem was I had my contacts in the wrong eyes. Whatever, Allison. I know you don't believe that story, but it's fine. And then (laughs) Allison didn't say anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At that time, she questioned every step of the way. I don't believe it. I don't believe it because if your eye prescriptions were so Uh, different from each other (laughs) that it because the problem that you had used in the wrong eye, you would immediately know that. You would know that as
2: soon whatever. as you put
3: them in. Didn't we cut this out when <laughs> we did the final? We might have. So the point
2: is, talk. is that I don't. I I got them. I went through a whole like eye doctor's appointment, whatever, to get them, and then I don't even use them.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I've just been using them forever. But I think my big thing is like, do I get LASIK? That's my ongoing question. Because I've developed this fear that I'm somehow going to be in the wilderness. And like, what will I do?
3: Right. Will you be naked and afraid? I guess I haven't worried enough about being naked in the wilderness. Just being in the wilderness. At some point, your clothes are going to get tattered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why is Melissa talking like this is sexy everything is sexy if you think about it I think maybe it's also just Melissa's voice I've heard that before that I should do sexy time things like with my voice Like audio erotica? Like in this last two weeks, I've heard that.
2: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, like audio, or like, I guess back in the olden
3: days, they used to do phone sex lines. Yeah, I mean, Dipsy exists now.
2: You could do it on your own time. You could like make your own Patreon. You could read from like
3: erotic books. Do you want to be my manager for that? I want to kind of be everyone's manager. Okay, but I was asking for me specifically. This is not a broad topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do want to be, I feel like I would be a good manager for okay. like everyone. But I just, again, again, you're making this bigger <laughs> than it needs to be. <laughs> like I have ideas,
2: you guys. I have stuff cooking like for other people though. Like I told Allison what to
3: do today. Go.
1: That's true. And was I wrong? No, I was feeling weird about promoting my book and I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know how to make TikToks around my book. And then Gabby sent me some audio recordings with direct instructions of what I should
3: say. Great. So give me direct instructions for being a sexy voice time person. You open an OnlyFans account,
2: but you don't you just show... You said
3: Patreon. Which one?
2: Whichever. Okay. You, you don't show any pictures of yourself. Okay. You get like a, a sexy cartoon drawn.
3: Okay. That
2: way there's enhanced mystery around... I'll
3: have Allison do it because she's a professional cartoonist. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then and then you you I mean, people will know who you are, obviously, from, you know, your shows, but you build an audience of just like reading erotica very slowly, never
1: revealing your face. But How do you promote it? How does anybody find it if you don't promote it as yours? You promote it as yours. But then eventually it gets to the point
2: where, like, nobody knows what you look like.
3: Okay, maybe as my manager, you go put make fake Reddit accounts and advertise on Reddit. You know what I
2: always think? I think that almost everything that goes viral is a company. Yeah. Like, even if it's like, even if it's like someone being like, my baby said a funny thing. And then you're like, this isn't a company. This is just a woman with TikTok. I feel like it's
3: like a secret company. There's a guy on TikTok that got in trouble because he lied to everyone about something going viral about him. Like he does these pranks all the time. And he said that he made a cutout of himself and then put it in a come and go convenience store. And then went in and had people like asking for like the special meal that he created. And then it like got so much buzz that come and go reached out to him. But then it turns out that it was all fake. And then people hated him and most people unfollowed him after that.
1: Fake in what way? That it was with come and go the whole time? It was. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was with him the whole time. That's
1: what I think. I think most... Okay,
2: uh, so Mal and I went to a screening yesterday. Uh, Mal's my partner. Uh, A premiere. Really? Well, what if people are listening for
1: the first time, (laughs) Melissa? I'm so worried that this will be the first time they listen. I feel very untethered in today's episode.
3: (laughs) Should we tie you down?
1: Ah! (laughs) Sexy.
2: (laughs) Am I too cynical? No no, I don't think so thank you Melissa because I was like I one of this one of the actors the show is about something in the 70s and one of the actors was wearing a, a very travolta looking outfit and I said, this person is probably trying to prime themselves as the next Travolta and then the person who like produced the movie was giving a speech and said, and this actor so great with with his 70s charisma and charm. And I was like, okay, so what happened is probably a publicist te- said to him, you need to seem like you're the new Travolta. So we're going to tell this woman what to say. You're going to dress like this. And we're going to like spin this tale for you. And it's all coordinated and it's all manufactured. And Mal said, that's, that can't, she just made that speech off the cuff. Yeah. And I was like, baby, no. And Mal was mm-hmm. like, you are so cynical. Like that, why would someone be like saying that if they didn't
3: mean? But, and I was like, no, it's all watch. Like in the next two weeks, people—it's all tied into the show. It's marketing tied into the show.
2: And I was like, one hundred percent. A publicist approved everything that one was going to say. That we think is off the cuff. Like this guy is dressed this way on purpose. And in the next two weeks, we're going to hear just some like random talk show people being like, "Doesn't he remind you of Travolta?" Like, mm-hmm. I, I bet, I bet. And like, I feel bad inside that that is how I think. But I'm also right.
1: Do you have any proof that you're right? I think that everything is staged. But like you didn't then like uncover the the, the person's notes that said forwarded from actors, publicists, say verbatim and make appear off the cuff. Well, no, I don't have that kind of proof. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do.
2: I just feel like everything is fake. Every video I see that goes viral, I'm like, fake. Every, like, big news story that's like, this person did this, this, and this, I'm like, fake.
1: I think everything is fake. Hmm. And why does that matter? Because I'm, am I enjoying life? (laughs) I mean, why does it matter if it's fake? Like, reality is what you make of it.
3: (laughs) I think everything's a scam. I think everything's a scam and it's a fake. And I'm trying to get into the scamming game. Oh. Oh! Yeah, because I mean it's owed to me. <laughs> I agree There's with you. There's plenty of rich white men walking around scamming and get, with no repercussions and they get whatever they want. Thank you Elizabeth Holmes. Not her cuz she <laughs> was medical, but I'm more of like a Anna <laughs> whatever yeah. her name is. <laughs> I
2: that's the thing is that everything is fake and then people that feel guilty about being fake are the ones getting the short end of the stick and I think that that's unfair. And also, so much is perception, so much mm-hmm. is how you like portray yourself. And I also think that like it really matters when it's like news stuff or when it's like I saw a video of like a flight attendant like celebrating that <sighs> they didn't have to wear masks anymore. And I was like, is that real or is that an actor? Like, I don't know. I'm like, I think of, I think everything is like propaganda to do something. And when it comes to like news or war or, Like stuff with public health, it makes me
1: really freaked out. Yeah, the public health stuff really freaks me out. But I also saw this like this really accurate tweet that was like these all the people that like fought against the mask mandate and were like, don't force me to do something I don't want to do,
3: then turn around and are like, take your mask off. (laughs) Of course, they're the biggest hypocrites about everything. Those same people are hypocrites about everything. So makes sense.
1: It's truly wild. It's like, don't tell me what to do. And also you have to do exactly what I'm doing when I want you to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Melissa, why? What kind of scams would you like to run?
3: I want to run ethical scams where like no one (laughs) really gets hurt. Like I haven't I've, I've been playing with it for a little bit now, but I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm trying to get into like an ethical scam. Like what? I don't know. Are you being serious? Yes, I'm being completely serious. How how can there be an ethical
2: scam? You know what I think is ethical?
3: Art fraud. Yeah, that's a good scam. <laughs> that's a really good scam. <laughs> that's a good one. I don't have enough money to get into that one yet. You get fakes.
2: You that's have to get true. some
3: fakes. Yeah.
2: Half the paintings in museums are fake. That's not true. <laughs>
1: yes, it is. Yes, it is. Half? <laughs> half, 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 half? More than half. I bet more than half. I shouldn't have been surprised that in under 20 minutes, this just became conspiracy corner.
3: (laughs) My thing is like, let's say taking the inventing Anna gal. What's her Mm -hmm. last name? Anna Delvey. Delvey. Nothing. She did really hurt anybody like other than her friends. But like everybody got something from it. They got producer credits on the show. Mm -hmm. They got money from the show. The one friend that was a snitch, she got a whole book deal and $600,000. Even a lot of the people that she scammed got promotions. Mm-hmm. They got the money back from their banks. No one. She only spent like a year in jail. No one really got hurt. What about
1: the months and the time before things worked themselves out where people were freaking out and very Okay, upset? they
3: did. But then it worked itself out. <laughs> There's always a little pain with the pleasure. There's always a little pain with pleasure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Melissa's right. I think Melissa's right. And I think that there are ethical scams such as it's Robin Hood. It's, it's who are you? Punch, punch up with your scam. Exactly. You know what I mean? I support you, Melissa. Thank you. I'll back you up. If you ever like do a scam and you're like, oh, I'll call right now. And you like call me or give them my number and I'll just like pretend to be an old boss or I'll like pretend to be who I'll be like, pretend to be you with a German accent, like whatever, like whatever you need,
3: I'm down. Thank you. Thank you. I've got what you got you. I've also got somebody that works in accounting. That's part of the team, too. So we're we're rounding out the team. I don't want to be part of the team. (laughs) You weren't asked. I'll fall apart right away. (laughs) I know. I'll blow the whole thing up. I would never ask you. I would never ask you. This is not your wheelhouse. This is not for you. What would you ask me to do? What kind of scheme could I be a part of? None. I don't Zero. think i would be good at it.
1: What? What about something like um tricking someone into falling in love with you? I could do that. That's just nice. What? <laughs> like I could I could create an elaborate ruse that made it so that you, you have you said an emotion. It
3: would fall apart. When did I say that? You just said it. You said, I don't want to be part of your scam. I said, I wouldn't be part of your scam. I'll be part of a scheme. It's the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, because a scam implies that you're taking money from somebody. A
3: scheme is like parent trap. <laughs> if I'm going to scheme someone, I'm, there should be money involved in it as well. <laughs> I disagree. Allison only wants love schemes. I love, I
2: love. I could do a love scheme. Honestly, a love scheme is just a romantic comedy.
3: Sorry yeah. to say yeah like a love scheme like what i'm getting love out of it okay but like i could mm. that's a wonderful thing are they rich sure well we can target whoever you want to target okay we're back on then okay (laughs) we're back in then because it's still a scam
1: (laughs) we're gonna take a quick break but stick around
0: say goodbye
1: With us. And we're back.
2: My friend came to me with an idea. This doesn't require me to have any money, but it does require us to waste some people's time. But my friend contacted me and she said, I saw a listing on like a real estate website that Cher is selling her house. The one in Malibu? Yeah. And I and my friend was like, I want to see Cher's house. And she was like, if I call and say, I'm your real estate agent, And I show them like your Instagram that has 300,000 followers and they Google you or whatever. And I pretend like I'm your high end real estate agent and I get us a a tour of Cher's house and you can like kind of pretend that you're thinking of buying the house. Do you want to go see Cher's house? And I was like, absolutely. I I used
3: (laughs) to do this all the time. When I first moved here and I didn't have <laughs> friends yet, I used to go to like rich open houses and ever go to like things like that. And I pretended I had a whole backstory about me working. I ha- had a uh, coffee business that I was the founder of. Yeah, it was great. I used to do that. What? I was bored. I'm sorry, Gabby. I
1: think you're successful, but I- you're not successful enough to buy shares' house. But they, but they don't, they don't know,
3: that. know that.
2: They don't know that. <laughs> All they see is that I'm like a person who works mm-hmm. in the industry and they don't know how much money I have. They
3: didn't. No, I was at the time driving up in my Ford Focus down the street and then walking up. They didn't know what I was doing.
2: <laughs> exactly. A coffee business. Who's going to
1: question that? People could Google it. Google what? The name of the coffee business. No, no, that no. I real.
3: No, no, no. I was like in the import thing. It's like I was importing coffee beans, which you really can't. It's hard to find that information.
2: Yeah, you work in imports and exports. Yeah, like, Commodities. They,
3: like I I got on like Sotheby's like list of like exclusive people exactly. that they would reach out to before what? and then so- show houses. Yeah.
1: I don't know how I got mixed up with the two of
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> I still get the emails. I can send them to you, Gabby. I lie all the time.
2: <laughs> I I li- I like I and but it's not even lying. I assume I don't ask permission or ask questions. I like assume. Like I went, the thing I went to yesterday, it was like, uh, they gave us our tickets and they were like, okay, you're not, you're not in the VIP. And I, all I did was email the publicist and go, Hey, my partner and I want to get a drink at the bar, but it's in the VIP. Can you come bring us?
3: Done. I got on the DGA's uh, email list. Like I'm not in the DGA at all, but I, <laughs> I'm on their email list to go to events and things. So maybe I just need to go back to my roots when I first moved here and didn't have friends. And I would just like assume things like I would just go to things and then eventually get what I wanted. I need to get back to that.
1: I will be invited to things and think I shouldn't go. I
2: know.
3: (laughs) That's on you.
1: (laughs) I know. That's Allison's energy. Well, my whole thing is like, I don't really want to go to like, Exclusive stuff, unless it's like I'm somehow like actually involved in it.
3: But how will you get involved if you don't?
1: <laughs> if you don't yeah. get in with the people, I guess I'm just like not into sceney
3: stuff.
2: Yeah, it was. Ho- I mean, it was horrible. I took. Yeah. We went. We took some pictures. We left. I don't want to
3: talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you got pictures though that help add to your
2: exactly.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the people that we did talk to, honestly. The, it felt really bad. We talked to this one kid who was like a 18-year-old actor who's in some stuff. And he was totally great and normal talking to us. And then the minute his fucking dad walked over, it was like stage dad and like Ugh. very upsetting. And Mal has doesn't have a lot of experience with like people in Hollywood who are like that. And so like they were upset for like 20 minutes. Like we got into the theater and Mal was like, I can't believe what an asshole that guy was. Why? What was he doing? the kid was talking to us completely normal, just being like, I write music and like, da, 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 like being whatever. And the dad came over and was immediately like, oh, he, he's this, he's this, he's this. He's very famous. He's blah, blah, blah. I'm, I am I work as an agent for 30 years. I did this. I worked with this person. Mal was like, oh, I'm a musician. And then he ex- tried to explain South by Southwest to Mal as if Mal <laughs> hasn't played South by Southwest. He was like, yeah, so my kid played South by Southwest. I don't know if you know. It's like, no, didn't even say, I don't know if you know. He's like, my kid played by South by South by Southwest. He's a, you know, it's a festival. It's a very big deal to be seen there, blah, blah, blah. And Mal is a, the nicest person in the world. Mal is so nice. And they, I've never seen them do this before. They, to his face, went, yeah, tell me more about what South by Southwest is. And I was like, you pissed off the nicest little teddy bear in the world. How did the guy respond? Didn't even notice he was being made fun of. Wow. And like the poor kid, like the kid was talking to us so normal for like 20 minutes. And then the dad came up. Literally, the dad opened a piece of paper that said the kid's name and what show he was on and like showed it to us. It was bizarre. Mal was like shocked. And I was like, yeah, people are assholes. Like Mal Mm -hmm. was like, that guy was horrible. And I was like, welcome to Hollywood, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And Mal was like, but our friends aren't terrible. And I was like, yeah. And our friends also don't have seven million followers, babe. That's how it works. I think we choose to be around and and work with and stay with people who aren't shitty. I mean, Allison, how in the beginning of our career we met, how many shitty people did we meet with?
1: I don't know. What do you mean?
2: Like we would have meetings with like terrible people. Oh, but not like friends. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like meetings we'd be set up on and like the way that men would talk to us.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had I've had some meetings recently where the things people have said have been um, jaw droppingly awful. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, my goodness. Do you know that uh, that you're saying this out loud publicly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And it's so hard because it's like, do I call out what's happening? But that feels we're, like, I don't know. I It's really difficult. Yeah. I wish there was more
3: rules on when to make a stink. It's hard when they're in the position of the ones that are saying yes to things. Mm-hmm.
2: I know. Unfortunately, my stupid brain is like, now, always, now is the time to make a stink. Always <laughs> is the time to make a stink. You Yesterday, make a stink about this before it even happens. And I'm like, ah, oh, God damn it. But it's just like so sad because it's like a kid and it was also like so toxic. I think particularly just the way that like white men talk to you. Like if you're in this industry and I'm sure anybody listening who's like in an industry who isn't a straight white guy, like has been spoken to in a way where you're like, is this really happening? Agree. Melissa, you started to say something about in the last few years.
3: Oh, in the last few years have been so like Insular and not going anyplace. And then recently I've started going places and starting to have pitches set up and I just forgot how awful everything (laughs) is. I forgot. I truly forgot. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I've been in a little bubble and I have been shielded from this. Now, do you think it's better to try to
2: make things work in your bubble or do you think it's better to try to go outside of that and make change like from within. Do you know what I mean? Like, give me an example. Well, I don't want to say what Allison's doing, but like with your pitch, right? You're like, I'm going to get in and then I'm going to use this. I'm going to make a show that will help people. And like, I just have to get these people on board to let me do that. And once I'm there, then I can help a lot of people.
3: I think sometimes you got to, in this industry when we're not, we're definitely not on the top. You've got a Trojan horse things in to get there.
2: I know I wish people that watched things knew how hard it was. I know. I feel like people think things just happen. Why does it matter what
1: people think about it? Oh my God, why do you ask that every fucking episode? I'm just curious. like why does it like why does it matter for people to understand how difficult Hollywood is? It's not. I guess what I mean is, is
2: I'm not talking about Hollywood. Let's broaden. Let's broaden Mm -hmm. it out. I'm talking about if you're in a job and you're like, do I just want to work with other people like me or do I want to get in and try to make change in an industry that isn't like me?
1: Just in general, let's say you're a scientist. Well, something I think about a lot is like, I'm a white woman. I'm a white straight. I know. (laughs) I'm like a white straight Cis woman, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not a white, straight, cis man, but I'm almost there in terms of privilege. And so for me, it feels like when I have the opportunity to try to do change or to like, it it feels the safest for me to push back on things. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it feels like I should do it because I'm I'm incredibly privileged. And so like, Mm -hmm. it feels like this is a way that I could potentially like use my privilege for good but i think for people who are marginalized i have i have to imagine it- it's like i don't think it's their responsibility if that makes sense
2: no not responsibility it's individual like i don't choice. know like i just
1: think that like i i just like i think it's safer for people like me to do it than or like that it doesn't like i don't know like am i making any sense like
2: yeah well my first question is one once i'm a sh- once i'm a-, a white man will you guys still be my friend
3: and yes. <laughs> You're still you.
2: (laughs) But you'll be like, oh, no, now this show has a white guy on it.
1: (laughs) Are you going to start using he, him pronouns?
2: No, I don't know. Probably not. But... I mean, I don't know. No, but there's like a joke on TikTok where it's like a person being like, you know, like, um, from New Girl, there's like a, an audio of Schmidt being like, a white man. No. Mm-hmm. And like, so a lot of like trans masculine people have been using it as audio to be like, here's a picture of them before tea. And then like after tea being like, a white man. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that. And then two, I think it's, it's up to like individual choice. And I think that your safety in a situation is is relative. I told Allison this story, but I'm going to uh, out someone for being very kind. So former guest, Demona Hoffman, we were at Podcast Movement, which is a podcast festival. I was on the main stage doing a, a panel, legit on the big stage. And Demona was attending, and she was also there as a podcaster. And before we went up on stage, the host said, what's everyone's pronouns? And we all went around, and said our pronouns. And I was the only they them. And then the minute we got on stage, the person hosting was used she. At the time I had come out in July, this was August. So I was like, not in a vibe to like interrupt the whole thing. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, whatever. Then a few weeks later, Demona Message me, and Demona is a black woman, a cis, a cis straight, I think, black woman, and she messaged me and said, "Hey, I was in the audience during that. It really bothered me. Would it be okay if I email the people in charge of this conference and let them know, in general, to be better about pronouns?" And I was like, so taken aback, and I was like, "Really? You would do? You would do that?" And because she has some sway, mm-hmm. and she was like. Yeah, it didn't affect me, but absolutely, like, I want, you know, it wasn't something that happened to me, but I want to let them know that they should take care about that next time, and it's not okay, and, like, I saw it happen to you, and, like, is it okay if I say something on your, uh, like, you know, I don't have to use your name, but, and I just felt like that was, like, such a perfect example of, like, intersectional allyship, where I was, like, so moved by it, and I was so, I I was so, like, surprised that, she would go out of her way to like make, I mean, quote unquote, make a stink, but not, you know, not make a stink, just make a statement, to say something to these people in charge of a conference that she wants to be invited to, you know, on the behalf of a group she's not part of. And we're acquaintances, you know, I just felt really um, like taking care of and, and a lot of intersectional allyship with that. So shout out to Demona. Sorry, I spilled the beans about you being a good person.
1: <laughs> well, I think sometimes it's a lot easier to advocate for other people than it is to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that, like, if you have the the energy and safety to be able to do that for people around you, then it is a, a wonderful thing to do. Even
2: within your own group, like when we were at the Rite Aid getting my testosterone, the pharmacist was like, "You can't. I you. I have to counsel you first before I give this to you." And Mal, again, a sweet baby angel, not the way I'm describing them in this episode, but a sweet baby angel who is not confrontational, said to the woman, no, you don't. And then she was like, okay, and then gave it to me because Mal knew that from having been on testosterone. And I was like, you were so ready to stand up for me and you would never do that for yourself. How has it been being on the testosterone? Yeah, we're on day six. Uh, I don't know. I keep... (laughs) I keep looking in the mirror and being like, yeah, there are changes. There's not. But I'm just like (laughs) totally psychosomatically being like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it. Mm -hmm." So I don't know. Day six. We'll see. I have not spoken to my parents.
3: (laughs) Are you documenting it in any way? Other than being on this show every week. I don't know if maybe just taking pictures in the mirror and then you can see like a timeline of things changing.
2: That'd be cool. That'd be interesting. I mean, I take pictures of myself all the time. Not to brag. That's true.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. Just between us.
2: Again, I don't want to spill the beans on what you're working on, Allison. But
1: what my reality show, your
2: reality show with like the intersection of of mental health stuff.
1: It's not a it's not a secret because I put the casting call out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You did put the I cast was Like, call I feel out. like you've talked about it. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, like well, we should explain. So, I I've been pitching a show that's basically about dating when you have like anxiety, OCD, depression, ADHD. So sort of like a a love on the brain, but for other disorders. And it's sort of like me as like the dating coach, sort of mental health facilitator. And and so it's, like, a fun docu-series about finding love and, like, entering into dating boot camp, even if if you have, like, struggles with your mental health. Does that make sense? Did I explain that?
2: Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And the trailer is so good. The trailer that Allison made is so good. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, my God, it's great. Wow. But my question was, for Allison, do you see intersections between different mental health groups in terms of supporting and helping each other or how does it look to like have all these kinds of different people together at once who are supporting each other though everybody has a different struggle
1: no I mean I think uh, this doesn't really answer your question but I think that like in the mental health community and, and in society we've done so much good work with like anxiety and depression and maybe even like OCD but like there is still like a huge lack of understanding when it comes to other disorders. And there's still so much fear and uncertainty around things, anything that involves psychosis. um, I think even bipolar is still really uh, stigmatized. I'm sure you've experienced that personality disorders are still heavily misunderstood. And so it is interesting. Like I feel like there's this sense of like acceptance around certain disorders, but as soon as you, Move into, you know, maybe more serious chronic disorders, it, it becomes like the way we viewed anxiety 20 years ago. Like, it, it becomes like, oh, these people are dangerous. These people can't be trusted. These people, you know, I really would love to see society move much more towards like an acceptance of all mental health struggles and disorders. You know, just this still this assumption that like, you know, schizophrenic people are dangerous. It's like paranoid schizophrenic people, there is the potential for something, but that's because they're so afraid <laughs> it's because mm-hmm. it's coming from a place of them being deeply paranoid that people are out to hurt them. It's not them feeling like, oh, I just want to attack people for no reason. Um, mm-hmm. and that's only one subset of schizophrenia to begin with. And so I think that there is a lot of, of great work being done in the mental health community, but I don't think it's as inclusive as it could be in terms of, of the varied amounts of disorders and the way that they manifest.
2: What bothers you the most about the way people talk about that stuff?
1: I think it's just the lack of inclusion, right? It's it's just like it feels like certain things are okay and other things are still really dangerous and misunderstood. But it's also like you, there's just not that much information, right? Like I wouldn't know that much about these various disorders if I wasn't literally getting a master's degree in psychology. Like I didn't have exposure to the these different things. To like, there's a lot of different. Manifestations of stuff. And it's tricky because, and I also think a lot of it needs to come from people who have these disorders, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like there's like me waxing poetic about schizophrenia. Is it going to be this have the same impact or the same insight as someone who is schizophrenic sharing their own experience and, Mm and what it's like for them? And I think that those people exist, but they're not being uplifted in the same way. As people with like anxiety or depression or OCD,
2: there's great Instagrams. There's an Instagram called Schizophrenic NYC, and there's an Instagram for a buddy of mine named Cecilia McGough who did a TED talk about schizophrenia. Uh, both of those people are amazing resources on schizophrenia, and Cecilia's so just does so much work on transparency and advocacy. It's really amazing. But I guess maybe you feel you're not qualified to say. But like, I feel like there's been such a turn on um, the stigma of personality disorders. I feel like more and more people are saying, oh, you know, actually, it's not very cool of you to be talking about personality disorders in this way, about NPD or BPD in this way. Like, I've seen that change so recently.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think BPD is is a really painful disorder to have. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, and like... I think it's hard, right, because it can it can be destructive to the people around them. But there's not that much focus on, like, what is it like to live with it and to to have this thing right. that you didn't you didn't ask for, you didn't want. And so I don't know. I, I I think I think we're at the beginning of a great movement, but there's still like a lot to go.
3: Yeah. And your show help, you know, educate people on that, too from firsthand experience. You got
1: to see the trailer. It's so good. Sorry to like
2: (laughs) hype up a trailer that none of you listeners can see. But it's a really good trailer.
1: Just trust me on that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll sell. We're we're still uh, in the process. We have some networks still heavily considering. So we'll see. But yeah, it's been during that process of pitching that people have said things to me where I'm like, oh my God, this is not okay.
2: (laughs) They don't have any idea about mental health themselves. They don't have any idea about like specific
1: disorders or
2: just the way
1: that they talk about things or one network in particular that I won't name basically was wanted the people to be more mentally ill Ah! (laughs) so that their audience could feel
3: better about themselves when watching the show. I'm sure we all can guess what network that is. Cause that's all they do. I'm sure we all could, <laughs> but <laughs> how dare you the history channel.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah.
1: Having to sit in that meeting and, and not know what to do with that feedback. Right. Yeah. Like it's like, is this the time for me to say like, it kind of came about because they were asking me, you know, would I have people with other disorders on the show? You know? And, and I, my answer was like, I just don't think it's responsible to do. I don't think that, you know, if you're, if you're suffering from, Something like schizophrenia. Like they want someone who's like actively during a psychotic episode. Like that's right. What they and want. that's not responsible. And that's not no. I don't want to put people on a show where being on the show would be to their detriment. Right. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense for people to be on the show who can are in a stable enough place where it can it can help them and be an asset instead of like uh, cause them active harm. Right. And then the reason they passed was because it was, you know, it wasn't buzzy enough. <laughs>
3: because they like to take advantage of people. That's yeah. all they do.
2: Yeah. God damn UCNBC. Uh, <laughs> <did> you CNBC. <laughs> well, yeah, I also was going to say I think sometimes I don't know if anyone has said this to you in meetings, but people go, "Well, everybody's depressed."
1: Like how is this special
2: everybody's depressed?
1: Well, it's hard, right? Because depress depressed is like it's a term for so many different things. So Mm -hmm. I think I don't necessarily blame people for not necessarily understanding the difference between like feeling sad and then using the term feeling depressed versus like understanding what the criteria is is to have, you know, major depressive disorder or persistent depressive disorder. And like, you know, why would they like we did again, like we're just at the beginning of really talking about this stuff as a society. Mm -hmm. And like, even in class, like my professor was talking about how it's tricky that we have this one word for so many different things Mm -hmm. for a symptom for a syndrome for. And so it gets it gets hard. I think one of my biggest transformations in the last couple of years is just putting so much less emphasis on diagnoses. And like, mm. to me, I, like, I, I kind of tweeted about this. Like I used to really feel like a gatekeeper when it came to people saying that they had OCD. Like I would have that joke where someone would be like, Oh, I am OCD. And I'd be like, Oh, when were you diagnosed? And now I'm like, how dare I ask that people don't have access to mental health, mm-hmm, right. you know, resources. A lot of people probably do have it, but just haven't been able to get treatment. Like, why Why do I need to determine if they qualify or not? Like it's a learning process. OK, but I would defend that because if somebody
2: like lines up their pencils and goes, I have OCD and you, Allison, have had like Life threatening effects of OCD. I think it's fair. I don't think you should say, Have you been diagnosed? But I think it's fair for you to be like, hmm. You know, but I
1: guess what I don't know is I don't know how distressing is it for them when they don't line up their pencils. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Like, I I just think that all of you know, there's like this difference between categorical diagnoses. You either have it or you don't or dimensional diagnoses where you're on a spectrum and it's, you know, mild, severe, moderate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I really much prefer that approach because I think it's really just like on an individual basis, like looking at symptoms, like what mm-hmm. symptoms are negatively affecting your life and are they affecting your life to a point where maybe you need some help getting them under control. Yeah. I think you can do that with or without an official diagnosis. That's true. And I just,
2: I get, I get a little miffed when people are like, they're just, they're bipolar or like the weather is bipolar. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that, but again, that feels different to me, you know, because bipolar, yeah. bipolar is a very different disorder than OCD. I think people mm-hmm. can have, some OCD tendencies without having the full-blown disorder.
2: But parts of OCD are so shameful. So it's like they'll say, oh, I line up my pencils, but they won't say, oh, yeah, you know, I have intrusive thoughts where I want to stab everybody. You know what I mean? Like there's parts of OCD that get like put in this cutesy thing that then are not like a representative of how OCD
1: manifests in someone's thoughts, let's say. Yeah, but not everyone has harm OCD. Like I don't really have harm OCD. I think that occasionally I'll think of like, oh God, what if I crash this car by accident right now? But then it passes through me and I don't obsess about it for 40 Mm -hmm. minutes. So it just, it does take so many different forms. And I think, you know, like some people might have like one or two little compulsions, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. interfere with their life, (laughs) you know? And so that's Mm -hmm. like an OCD tendency. But with something like with bipolar, That's a really different type of disorder where there are very clear criteria and you have to have episodes of depression and you have to have episodes of either mania for bipolar one or hypomania for bipolar two.
2: Well, lucky for me, I've never had any of those.
1: (laughs) Thank God I don't know what that's like. (laughs) But like maybe people don't know that. Like, you know, like that's why we got to like have these conversations and like talk about this stuff more openly. So then people know when they're saying stuff that's harmful and not accurate.
2: Yeah, I think, too, you know, I I know people have said in criticism that this show is about Gabby's gender and Allison's ex-fiance. And I would like to say that now this show is about Gabby's gender, Allison's mental health expertise and Melissa's ability to scam. (laughs) And I think that those are topics that honestly, I could stay on forever uh, and never get bored. And let's also throw in that Melissa is sexy. Melissa, say something sexy.
3: What do you want me to say?
2: God damn it, Melissa. You get me
3: every time. (laughs) Oh, baby. Oh, baby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a quick break for ads, but then we'll be
0: right back.
1: back did you miss us i did (laughs) would the two of you like to play hypotheticals with me alice and beth raskin yes yes i would
3: (laughs) the other day i was gonna say your full name but i didn't know what your middle name was so then i stopped wow
1: it's so powerful when people know it well now i do and
3: just wait luckily
1: we know your middle name is diamond which is cool
2: (laughs) diamond can you oh Diamond. Melissa Big D Mots. Diamond
3: <laughs> is such a good middle name. I love it. Incredible. Thank you.
1: Okay, you're going to play Hypotheticals with me, Alice and Beth Raskin.
3: Amazing. Love it.
1: Uh, hypotheticals is a game where you guys are my contestants. I'm going to give you a series of hypothetical situations. You can ask any clarifying questions you might have, and I encourage you to do so. And then I pick a winner. And the, whoever I pick as the winner of this game, uh, I'm going to Venmo $5. Yeah, I'm actually not banned
3: from Venmo anymore. Oh, look at you, making strides. (laughs) GTD.
1: Okay, our first game is America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater. Your partner of three years never really partied as a kid, and one night they go to a work party without you. They decide they are finally ready to try weed for the first time, and their co-worker... (laughs) who is a big flirt, offers to help them. They tell your partner that the best way to smoke for the first time is for someone else to blow the smoke into their mouth. God, Your partner naively believes this and ends up basically making out with their co-worker all night as they get higher and higher. Would you stay with this cheater?
3: Did you take this from... The new Sex in the City, I forgot what the new show is called, but did you take this from there? From just like that? Yeah. No. What scene was that? So when Oh Miranda and, and Miranda
1: and and that Sara person, Ramirez. Noted yeah. bisexual Sara Ramirez. Yes.
3: Friend and,
2: friend of the pod. Friend of myself, Sara Ramirez.
3: Yes. They did that. And then they ended up having sex, so I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs>
2: First of all, you couple of nerds. It's called shotgunning. <laughs> Second of all, you're not making out with the person, but it, but it
3: led is, to it.
1: But in this case, they say we have to push our lips together for it to work. Oh, that's just a kiss. That's not making out. So
3: the co- well, I feel like the coworker took advantage of the situation, and because my partner doesn't know what this is, and they haven't smoked weed before, and they've never part partook in such activities but was their tongue involved
1: uh towards the end yeah they said now that we're getting high it's really good to to pass the saliva back and forth
3: so once my partner was under the influence they took advantage of them
1: yeah wow
3: yeah Mm
2: -hmm. yeah wow
3: i'd stay because i don't consider this cheating
2: very good here's my backstory question (laughs) why why has my partner why didn't they party why have they never smoked
1: weed Because they grew up being a very, very talented cellist. And um, their high was playing music. (laughs) (laughs) This is like my
2: sober dad. My sober hippie dad wearing a shirt that says rock music is my drug now or something. Whatever he wears, which he has many shirts like that.
1: So are they still a cellist? Uh, No, they, they actually, very unfortunately... They dropped uh, an ironing pan, which I know you've never heard of, but it's a thing. Um, (laughs) And uh, it broke all all of their fingers at once. So
3: they can't get that high that they used to get. And so now they're looking for a new high. No,
1: hole in
2: the story. Hole in the story. If they've broken all of their fingers, they've been given painkillers. They've taken Percocet. They've been high before. Liar.
1: They'd never tr- I never said they'd never been high. I said they'd never tried weed before.
3: Right. And so now they're trying to get a new high that isn't painkillers and things. Thank you for
1: not pushing back more on ironing pan.
3: <laughs> I didn't know if you've been iron or an iron pan. So either way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Okay. Our Next <laughs> game. Are you a terrible
1: parent? Your child, age four has a favorite stuffed animal that is a cheetah named Cheetah. One day, while they are at preschool, you put Cheetah in the washing machine and it gets completely destroyed. When your child comes home, you tell them that Cheetah magically came to life and ran back to the jungle to live with its Cheetah friends. For the rest of their life, your child truly believes this happened. And it causes them to lose many friendships and relationships. <laughs> Are you a terrible parent? <laughs> they, do they think that this has ever happened to another stuffed animal? No. And then at a certain point, you say, I made that up. It's not true. They said, look, parent, I know that it's true. I know that you told me the truth. And now you're trying to cover it up because you don't want people to know about this magic. But I know it happened. But that's never happened before.
3: No. Do they believe in the tooth fairy? Not as an adult. But why is this different? It has just become such
1: an important part of how they view the world and what they think reality
3: is. That it has become a part of them. And they won't let it go. I don't think you're a terrible parent. I think that... You know, we all live in our own realities. And if this is the reality that they want and they also have lost friends over this, then you know what? If their friends won't play into their delusions, are they actual friends?
2: Or not even play into the delusion. (laughs) But if if your partner says something, you know, why is it so important to you to prove people wrong? Right. Here's my question. Why people out there in the world who have this kind of thing where they they need to be correct and right about every single thing that they talk to about the person. Have you ever tried just letting shit go? Have you? Of course not. <laughs> that's, no. that's I actually, question. No, 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 Melissa. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I don't care about the details, but I don't care about the details because my sister and Mal have been locked in a debate over who our waiter was at this restaurant for over a year. And someone at some point should just, even though they doesn't line up with what they remember or their reality, give it up. So honestly, if they've lost friends, I think I've given them a way to find the right people for them. Good parent.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'll I'll take it. Didn't see it going that way, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) What did you expect? I thought you'd be a, uh, a terrible parent because you lied to your kid to cover up your own mistake.
3: Well, it wasn't really a mistake. You're trying to clean something for them and then it was probably filthy. My niece had this pillow that she named Pilly that she wanted to carry around everywhere with her and it eventually got tattered and disgusting and they put it in the washing machine and it basically disintegrated. And guess what? She got over it. Where's Pilly now? Where does he live? In the jungle. Pilly's now a, a full grown comforter.
2: That's nice. With a nice family. (laughs) It's for
1: the queen. It's become the queen's comforter. Yeah. I feel better about Mm -hmm. this story. Okay, our final game. Would you forgive this liar? You have been friends with your roommate from college for the last 15 years. They have a very distinct and large birthmark on their face. Over the years, they have talked about the birthmark a lot and how learning to accept it has helped them learn to love themselves. One night, you drop by unannounced to drop off a sweater they left (laughs) in your car. You are surprised to find their parents visiting and end up staying and chatting since you've actually never met them before. Their mom starts to show you some baby photos of them and you notice the birthmark is missing. When you remark on this, their mom lets it slip that the birthmark is actually a tattoo Your roommate got the summer before
3: college to appear interesting. (laughs) Would you forgive this liar? I saw where this was going and I I did. I delighted (laughs) in it. (laughs) When you said they dropped by, I knew where this was going and I thought this was great. I think, you know, some people have haircuts, some people have, you know, like signature haircuts, signature. I don't know, glass is the signature way of dressing. They just took it one step further. Whatever. <laughs>
2: no, no, because they, they've given themselves, they gave themselves a fake quote unquote disability
3: and then exploited it. A birthmark isn't necessarily a disability. They're saying, oh,
2: I, I, I learned to love myself. And I, you know, I had this thing since birth and I'm, uh, you know, they, they're acting like they were oppressed when they were not oppressed. Zero points. Zero out of 10. Don't like it. Bye. So you would never speak to them again? I would tell them that I would sit down with them and I would explain to them why what they did is not nice and
3: bordering on
1: ableism. And and Melissa would
3: go, cool tat. <laughs> nice tat. <laughs> I have a big birthmark under my right tit. That's cool. You do? Can I yeah. see it? You're really going to show! I was being... Go-
2: uh, Ooh, interesting. That looks like a big eye. I was, I, I was. Well, bleep that.
3: <laughs> I don't care I was, if anybody sees it. <laughs> oh,
2: I was being like a. What did Mal call me the other day? A rebel rouser, an instigator. No, it was like, and it. No, no, no. Mal said that I was like, oh, a pig, because I was talking about their butt, and Mal was like, you're, a, you're such a pig. <laughs>
3: like you're just like. No, if I had my choice, I'd walk around naked all the time. So, if you ask, That's I'll show true. you. That's true. Wow. So, d- is that a tattoo though? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not a tattoo. I hate needles. <laughs> but what if that was a lie? <laughs> My whole needle <gasps> thing is a lie. So, then I said that I have a needle phobia. And then, so uh-huh. it was just a way that I could get this is a scam that I got Allison to go with me every time. And then so we could be friends and I'm slowly working my way into her inner circle. And then eventually I'm going to steal from her.
2: Wait, and you got <laughs> drugs from me. You got, dr- oh, yeah, free I got drugs, drugs from, from me. You
3: too. Scam.
1: <laughs> scam. I thought the scam
3: was just to be closer <laughs> to me, not to take my money. I told you it always ends in money. That's your scheming yeah. is about the heart. Oh, yeah. My scheming, my scheming is, is, is about the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, honestly, <laughs> this checks out
2: that that Melissa did a whole scam to be friends with Allison and rob her. And to me was like, I don't want to spend any time with you, but I do want your drugs. And you know what?
3: That's fair because I know what my personality
2: is. <laughs>
3: you offer the drugs for free. That's how good of a scammer I'm a I am. I'm a Rube. And also, Allison offered to go with me for free. That's just how good I am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've decided that um, I'm the winner of hypotheticals.
3: Wow. Wow. I reject this.
1: Well, I don't think that there was a clear winner. And I think it's really hard work to come up with this. Okay. Allison's the winner. You can win
3: for one time.
1: I can treat myself to a fancy drink with my $5. Oh, yeah, because you're
3: giving yourself $5.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so you scammed us. I scammed you guys. She got the money. Look at
1: that. <laughs> That's the biggest twist of all. I was the scammer the whole time.
2: <laughs> you hustled us. You hustled us like a pool, like a pool shark. Yeah. What did we rate this um, chaotic episode? I, look, here's what I, I want to give myself a critique.
3: Okay. Oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> Up top. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> Up top. I came on too strong. I think I I was too hyped, I too loud. I feel like I hit my stride like mid episode. Um because without structure, I I'm a monster. And I want to say also that I the more Melissa is upset with me, the more delighted I become, and I don't know why that is.
3: <laughs> I'm not upset. It's more of like, what's the difference (laughs) when there is structure? (laughs) When there is structure, you're still loud. (laughs) You still, all the things you named are still what you do. And guess what? That does not anger me at all because that's who you are. And I like that about you. So like, just embrace it. Just be like, you know what? I'm loud and I talk. Yeah. Thanks. That's the done promise. The done guarantee.
1: I feel like I didn't bring my A game today either, and um, that I didn't really have much to say. When I did, I didn't articulate it well. <laughs> I think you did a
3: great job. I think you did great. I'm I'm yeah. grading this whole thing. Okay, I think you did great. I think you brought your A game. You're your same delightful self. You did insightful, wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm. thoughtful, really the brains of this
1: operation.
3: I wouldn't go that far.
1: Oh, Melissa's the brains of the operation. <laughs>
3: it's a collective brain. I agree. Melissa's well, the brains. And the looks.
1: I'm the
2: brawn. Yeah. I guess Melissa is the beauty brains and brawn. And oh me and gosh. Allison are just
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> Disagree. Why are you both so hard on yourselves?
1: It's like been a long week. I, you know what? It's been a long life. I guess I I'm worried that people who like the routine
3: of our show are going to be upset that we broke the routine. That's part of your problem, is both of your problems, is you care too much about other people and don't realize that people are here for your personality and vibes. And this was still brought all that. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. This was an experiment.
1: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Let us know what you thought. Give us feedback. I don't know. There's a version where people like this. I don't know. We could have some bonus episodes every now and then with this format. Yeah. Well, thank you to Gabby and Melissa and me for being our guests this week. (laughs) Just just Between Us is a Forever Dog production hosted by me, Allison Raskin.
2: And me, Gabby Dunn, produced by Melissa Big D Diamond Montz, who I'm... I'm so sorry that I I talk over everyone and that I am the way that I am. Stop apologizing. Sorry. Okay. Edited by Coco Lorenz, executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Tracy Soren. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up
1: for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. And check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. Or YouTube.com/slash/just-between-us-show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog
2: Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Also at She Is Not Melissa, at Allison Raskin, at Gabby Road, patreoncom slash Dunn, and also Emotional Support Lady Substack and Allison's book Overthinking About You. Get that. Bye.
1: Please. Bye. Forever Dog.